All right, good evening. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, April 17th. I, I had to actually reach for that one. That's, that's yeah, I forgot what day it was. I, I was too busy on the screen over here that um, as the music was playing, I was just in my uh, headset to get the volume right, and I kept moving one up and down. Like, well, that's not it. Well, apparently I was jacking with Tommy's. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a good job of that. Because <laughs> right after I got mine adjusted, he stood up and adjusted his. I'm like, oh, well, that explains why there was nothing happening on mine. <laughs> he about made me jump out of my skin. So I am R- Randy. I got my two buddies here. Tommy. I'm the madman. Enos is running late. Um, might have to make him just camp out here at the studio. Yeah, that might be a good idea. So, All right. How was everyone's weekend? Good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> Notice I didn't even give you a chance. Yeah, to you answer. didn't whatsoever. All right, so let's jump right into the news items, the stuff that uh, that I at least read and went, huh? So, did you guys hear there is somebody out there um, putting leaks of Avengers Endgame on Instagram? I've seen that. I've seen. And, and these are actually Endgame. like yeah, I've heard about plot breaking, spoiler showing you death of major character leaks. Yeah, we got a one word for that person, jerk. So I. And it's funny because someone was telling me about it today at work, and I said, well, I don't have an Instagram, so I'm safe. Yeah, I don't have an Instagram either. This is why. Right. And I did notice that there's a couple of websites out there that, that said to, how to avoid Avengers Endgame spoilers on the internet. And I'm like, it's easy. Just don't go on the freaking internet. I That's don't right. understand. Yeah, you can avoid the internet for a few days. It's possible. Right. I, I mean, all three of us in this room lived a significant portion of our life without the internet. Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, for a long time, yeah. there was no internet. We had to actually go outside and entertain ourselves. I know, right? Well, that's why I keep comic books around the house in case Right, exactly. That's right, in case you have no internet. Well, and, and the whole reason I kept comic books around the house growing up was because I was not very athletic, you know? <laughs> I can see that. We all have so, different reasons. Hey, why suppose. don't you hush? I can see that. Um, uh, yeah, I used the internet for the first time when I was, what, 17 years old? Hmm. Wow. So 1994? That'd be right about the self-gratification phase, wouldn't it? <laughs> it was at school for research projects with my English <laughs> no, class. Notice how he quickly had to defend himself. All right, moving on. So DC Universe um, online service just add, um, announced that they're adding 10,000 more comics to the library this week. That's great. I, I actually am excited to hear that because while I love DC Universe and I, I thought their programming um, offerings was fantastic, their digital library left a lot to be desired. That is the one thing I'll give Marvel the props for. Their online service is amazing because it's like everything they've ever put out is oh, on Oh, Marvel there. Unlimited is fantastic. I love Marvel, um, Marvel Unlimited. And so I'm glad to see that DC has is following suit. But I think a couple of weeks ago, they were adding like 2,700 more comics. Now they're adding 10,000. At so. the rate they're going, I signed up for the 80 cent for one month service. And at the rate they're going, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go ahead and keep this with, them, with the amount oh, that, that they're adding. I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, even if I don't watch any more of the... the TV shows, which I will. But right. even if I don't, you know, there's just so much content on there comic-wise that you got to yeah. keep going. I, I found it was a bit much to chew to, to swallow the whole, like, $80 at once. But I can do the seven ninety five a month type of thing. So that, yeah, which is what I did. Um, so, and this is actually kind of interesting. Um, apparently, Marvel Comics is going to be introducing a new character with a Fantastic Four. Um, and it's called, uh, what is it? Fantastic Four... Prodigal Son number one, um, and it's set well. It's and I didn't know anything about this. I'm like, this is way out of left field. I hadn't heard anything about it. The only thing that makes it look interesting is Peter David's writing it. Okay, well that's good. Um, and it's going to be set in the Savage Land. Okay, that's also good. So that sounds like it might be pretty good. Um, and then it's going to be followed by two more miniseries or number ones. Um, one for the Guardians of the Galaxy and one for Silver Surfer. 
Hmm. So I. So what are they doing with Guardians' current ongoing series? I don't know because I don't read it. I will. Well, I read it. it. Everybody, say hello to Enos. Enos has made hello, it. Hello, Enos. Hello, folks. I'm uh, going to put you a cot right here on the back wall. And, tell and this, me about. This will be where you live on Wednesday. <laughs> what was that movie with uh, Will Smith and, and Hitch? This is where you live. Right, right here. I don't want to see none of this. All right. So, uh, Image Comics. Ooh. So this is actually uh, pretty big news. I don't know if you ever read this title of Image. I tried it, couldn't get into it, but it's been one critical claim for years. Saga. By Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. I've heard a lot of things about I've it. Heard, I've never read it, but I've heard a lot about it. I've heard the same here. I've um, it's everywhere. I just for some reason I just it it's kind of like the Captain Marvel trailer. It didn't excite me enough to even pick it up. I I picked up the first trade and I read it. Um, it's an okay book. I really couldn't get into it. But the reason I bring it up is apparently it's gone on like a one-year break after issue 54. Right. But they announced that there's a compendium coming out that's going to collect those first 50-some volumes. But they also announced, uh, Brian Vaughn and Fiona Staples, how long the series is actually intended to run. So they said right now it's like a 108-issue epic. So there's like another 54 issues, I guess. But So yeah, they, they actually told the fans, here's how long it's going, so you know where it's ending and where it's coming and what have you. Yeah, pretty much everybody I've heard that has talked about it has, talk, has talked highly about it. So. Right. So I thought it would just be worth mentioning if you're a saga reader and you really like that book, they have actually told us when they plan to end that, that series. So, wow. I mean, it is kind of interesting. A couple, I'll be honest, a couple of the characters were just a little too far out there for me to, to suspend my disbelief necessary enough to read it. So... Oh, here's one that's going to be great for us old-timers who grew up with the, the really great series like Superman's Girlfriend, Lois Lane, and Superman's Best Pal, Jimmy Olsen. DC has announced they are giving Jimmy and Lois their own new books again. So there is going to be a, another version of Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen. There's also going to be a Lois Lane book. But here's the thing that's going to be really great, and you guys are going to love this, is the teams that are doing it. So Lois Lane is going to be written by Greg Rucka. Oh, wow. And illustrated by Mike Perkins. And Superman Pals Jimmy Olsen is going to be written by Matt Fraction. Oh, there you go. And illustrated by Steve Lieber. <clears throat> so top name talent on those. And I mean, that alone has just sold them for me. Didn't Steve Lieber do Aquaman at one time? Not Aquaman, Hawkman at one time? I would have to look up his credits. I don't remember, to be honest. I, I want to say he's primarily, well, I don't, I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say he was primarily Marvel, but I'm not even going to go there. But yeah. Um, it's, it's funny when I first read that I'm like yeah why do you want to beat that old trope and then they actually said who was going to be doing the writing on them I'm thinking okay well now I'll hold the phone that could actually be good if you've got that type of talent committed to it so Marvel has also and this one's kind of really weird they've announced a new series um, I think starting in July called Acts of Evil there was no information on it whatsoever but the thing that caught my eye is the logo looks a lot like the Acts of Vengeance logo from the 80s. So it almost makes me think mm. if it's going to tie into that, or maybe it's actually going to be a retro story somehow that tied in. That would be good. I like the Acts of Vengeance. That was a, that was a good concept. That, w- that was one of the better storylines. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Acts of Vengeance. I liked uh, Cosmic Spider-Man. And, you know, as we talked on, the, um, on a previous episode, that's where we first heard about the Superhero Registration Act. Right during the right. during exactly. the acts of vengeance, which would play. I a was huge right. Part Steve Lieber did work on Hawkman. There, you, there you go. So, those actually, and I think, yeah, they launch in July, right? Yes, July. Yes. So those should be pretty interesting. I have one more piece of news, which I, I know you guys aren't going to care about because I think I'm the only one in the room who actually played this game. Uh, but 
obviously I'm a big fan of superheroes. My geek teeth were cut on superheroes. So for me, I was an avid player um, of City of Heroes. I played it from beta all the way to the time they closed, closed the lights or wow. turned the lights off. Um, news broke on Sunday slash Monday that, yes, the long-suspected private server does exist. They've been playing on it. And not only does it pretty much involve stolen code from NCSoft that they're running the server on, but they also have our player database. So any character you played when you were on City Heroes is there when you log in. So I, I know you guys didn't play it, but for all of our listeners out there who might have been fans of City Heroes and played that, if you haven't heard the news, go to COH Survivors Facebook. It's also all over in it. I know massively overpowered uh, website had a statement from... Uh, the person who's running the server, PC Gamer has it, and there's all kinds of backlash and reaction. Um, I think a lot of people are waiting for NCSoft to rear their head on this and say, excuse us, that's our IP. People have made arguments that, well, <coughs> NCSoft wouldn't sell the IP, but now it doesn't matter because there's been a, a server running for at least seven years, six years now. So if you're not going to release the IP but your code is out there, maybe you should really just reevaluate selling, you know, letting the IP go. And for those of you listening... If you actually go into the chat program, Paragon Chat, I hate to break this to you, that is the private server. I have it on good authority with a gentleman who has played on a private server, who has been there, and he confirmed for me Monday when this all broke that Paragon Chat is the private server. It's just a disabled version of the game. It's in another area, but he straight up told me, if you've been on Paragon Chat, you've been on the private server. So... As that, um, new releases. What came out this week? Did I really see anything of interest? You know, I didn't actually. I didn't see anything that really just stuck out at me that said, hey, I think I want to pick that up. Naomi 4, obviously. Um, Enos, I don't know if you got that on your poll, but apparently Naomi 4 is flying off the shelf and it's already I've flipping on eBay that. for like $10. About Which that. is crazy. I actually didn't, I mean, even, I didn't pick mine up today yet either. I didn't go to the comic shop yet. Yeah, that's. I think that's insane that it's that it's selling for ten ten dollars the day it comes out. Why? Well, it's just the latest in a long line of, of comics that come out and speculator uh, mania running wild, brother. <laughs> well, <laughs> and exactly. Let's let's back up. Um, so Tommy and I took a, a run out again to uh, a comic shop over the weekend. Enos, uh, so, woo. And God said, let there be light. Yeah. And there was. <laughs> Tell me about it. Big time. M- Madman just turned on the overhead light. And <laughs> Woo. Anyhow, uh, sorry, Enos, that you couldn't come with us. You would have loved to have been at the shop, but I'm going to be honest, brother. I love you, but we would have been there all day. <laughs> because the two of you would have started talking and it would have been like, okay, we can, we can probably go get lunch or something. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, no. I would, trust me. I've. For the sake of saying, oh, yeah, for a lot of time, because I'm pretty sure you guys had something you need to do, trust me, I know when to keep my mouth shut. But but, so anyway, our buddy Troy up at Flashback Comics, if you're here in the Virginia area, um, especially Northern Northern Virginia area, uh, he's up at 3112 PS Business Center Drive in Woodbridge, Virginia. Fantastic guy, really knows his comics. I mean... I, there's there's times when we're talking. I feel small. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no doubt. He he's. I think that man's probably forgotten more than I've ever known. Exactly. And he actually started telling me what books I need to read for Infinity Crisis and in, Infinity War to catch back up on it. So Infinity Crisis is DC, Randy. For Infinity War and Infinity Gauntlet to to refresh myself with it. And you know, I have read those books when they first came out. But I got to be honest, I forgot so much of that story. 
um, so that when he was telling me, oh, you start with this trade, then you go to that trade, and you go to that trade, I'm thinking, you're trying to soak me for like $600 while I'm standing here. <laughs> and, and for the record, I'd like to say it's infinite crisis and identity crisis. Yeah, those two. There you go. But, uh, Not so infinity it, crisis. Whatever. <laughs> Super confusing. I know, right? I actually really love that book. We'll, we'll talk about that later on. Um, so did you guys notice anything um, in the news that made you sit up and say, hey, that's kind of interesting? Well, it's kind of early right now, but I saw before uh, we came on the show, apparently former 16-dime WWE champion John Cena is in talks to be in the, bird, in the uh, new Suicide Squad movie. Okay. Um, not sure who he, there really wasn't much information. I'm not sure who he would play. Um, I guess maybe there might be a character that's invisible because you, as we all know, you can't see him. Oh man. So oh, that's, no. Oh. I thought so, that was Drax that you couldn't see. No, no, it's John Cena. You can't see me. Cause, yeah. okay. You gotta get, we gotta get you up on your <laughs> okay, wrestling. Okay, so, all right. Oh my God. All right, so number yeah. one, <laughs> all you had to do <laughs> was say John Cena was gonna be in Suicide Squad. All of our listeners know who John Cena John are. Cena. You don't need to preface it by saying he was in the fake sport where they throw around on the mat and, and pretend they've hurt themselves. <laughs> Sometimes they do okay, severely so hurt themselves. I'm, I'm going to stress this. This is a comic book podcast. Says the man and who this is ta- comic book says news. Says the man who just talked about a, a superhero MMO, but it was you know it's loosely associated with comic books. And this is comic book news too, especially if he plays in the uh, exactly. In the, but in, we in didn't the, need to know that he was in you know a wrestling thing. Although, see, I'm kind of outnumbered because well, no, I'm not outnumbered because you're it's not two a fan to two. Of, it's no, two to two. But he's hold but, up. It, like was. it was. Just, he was just waiting for some. There's going to be a long he was time a, before right. he can work another wrestling reference that's into right. Right. a comic book podcast. So let him have it. And, that's and, right. Let me have it. And you know what? Well, here's the thing. Have you noticed that when he mentions either wrestling or Doc Hawk, Dark Hawk number one, what does he do? He turns around and looks at me, just waiting to see if he <laughs> triggered me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because when, I, when you talk about those things, you can just smell the ratings. That's, no, you smell can't. Smell the ratings. What, what I can hear are my that's subscribers dropping want. because you talked about WWE. All right. Well, so we're moving on. Well, they say, you know, not keep. I heard, but they say that um, if you guys have watched Bumblebee, and I haven't, I heard that he was the best thing about the movie. I'm I not didn't want to John see that movie. I'm not saying John Cena is a bad actor. Or, or, he, he, or he's, he's a good actor. I just didn't need to know that he's rust. You mm-hmm. know what he was actually good in? Um, as we just digress right off of comics for a moment. Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer's <laughs> train wreck. Yes, he was fantastic in that movie. <laughs> you know who was better than that and I thought he would be? I thought LeBron James was pretty good in that. Oh, he was yes. a lot better than that than <laughs> what I thought he would be. All right, so we'll have to have a whole other podcast. Right, well, yeah. So, so let's, let's bring it back to the comics. Because <laughs> we can get way off on that. <laughs> that was actually a really good movie. All right, hey, uh, so... Talked about news. Um, I did the whole mention for Flashback Comics. Troy, if you're listening, love you, guy. Hoping to be up there in a couple of weeks. Um, by the way, listeners, we are going to be doing a live podcast from Flashback Comics for for your comic book day. It'll be Enos and I. Um, Thomas will be on a cruise ship somewhere. Um, and Madman will be busy um, paying his own real bills. Um, so it'll just be him and I. Enos, the plan right now is to do two hours. Okay. Um, unless it's a dud, in which case we'll be boiling out of there in like 30 minutes. Uh, if, it's, if it's successful, we might be there for a while. Cool. Because so, I, I plan to hopefully talk to any of the customers and maybe some of the cosplayers and what have you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so before we get into tonight's subject topic, because we really don't have a topic, I'm assuming Madman's got to pay some uh, bills on us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Danny's Pizza and Subs. Go to dannyspizzaandsubs.com. They are located at located at 10657 Spotsylvania Avenue with a delivery radius of about five miles from that location. So apologies to our listeners in 
Saskatchewan. Okay. Let's go with that. Uh, you can I reach was going to say Chinatown, but you know. <laughs> Uh, you can reach them at 540-898-5008. They're open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays are open from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Sundays, they're open from noon to 8. So always buy one, get one free pizzas at dannyspizzaandsubs.com. Because I will take you down. I will take you down <laughs> to Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> what was that out of? Uh, it was out of... Uh, 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 meet the Parents. Meet, meet the Parents, meet, yes. meet, the parent, meet the Parents. Um, so, tonight's topic, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, there is no topic tonight, and I'll tell you why. We actually have done a, a lot of work the last month um, preparing for this podcast. We went to two movies. We did research on the Spider-Man clone saga. We actually did some research both on Carol Demers and the original Captain Marvel Shazam to prepare for those. And quite frankly, I don't know about these other guys, but I am mentally beat. <laughs> <laughs> so, I told the guys, you know what? We're going to freeform it. Let's talk about those things in a comic entry that we miss, or what we really like, or what is under our skin, and we wish them would just knock the hell off and move on already. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to actually bring up one that I have, think I've even mentioned before on the show. So there was a time, dear listener, when comics were monthly. That meant you only saw them every 30 days. It wasn't every 14 days. Now, granted... It is kind of nice that some weeks, some books are now bi-weekly, so you don't forget what happened from one to the other. But what I miss about the monthly schedule was around March or April, Avengers would come out, or Justice League, or Fantastic Four, and they'd start this story, and it looked pretty good, and you get to the end of it, and it would say, continued next issue. All right, cool. And they went to the next issue, and it was continued next, next issue. So where I'm going with this is, I miss those awesome epic stories that would start building in March and April and then would culminate in the giant-sized summer annual. Mm -hmm. Those are some great moments as a kid growing up oh, reading yeah. comics. Because oh, yeah. you knew not only were you going to get an epic ending, but it was going to be an epic 64-page ending. Yeah, there I do kind of miss the annuals. You know, we, yeah. we talked about this in the um, on one of the past podcasts that we did. We were talking about um, when George Perez was retiring and we were talking about it. and then the last time I saw something like that Randy was when they built up the Teen Titans and they had just revealed Terra was the That was a great story. Man, that that man, was that was the last great build up storyline that it was that and at the same time they were building up um up to Alpha Flight number 12. Right. Well, because uh Judas contract the the finale of Judas Contract and Alpha Flight Twelve came out around the same time. Yep. Well, don't, don't remember. Uh, shit, shit, don't forget too. The really great thing about that whole Judas Contract was so much happened that just flipped that book. Um, Dick Grayson gave Name, up Robin. Right. He was Nightwing. We got introduced to Jericho. And then you see Gar's heart broken because here he thought he had a sixteen-year-old girl just like him, and you find out that she's either not sixteen. Uh, or she's actually 16 and a major delinquent, um, but she was also a huge traitor, and she was a very powerful traitor, too. Right. She, mm -hmm. she had been practicing with those powers, and that was another thing that was great. It was three issues, and then it culminated in, I think, Titans Annual 3. Mm -hmm. Well, remember, they did it before with um, Princess Coriander's sister, yeah. Blackfire, mm -hmm. same thing. Yep. It was like a good three or four issue buildup that ended in Titans Annual 2. No. Right. So, and, and Madman's smiling. I know he's got something. Oh, no, no, I just... You're taking me back to those days when I was reading. And you know, you get Mel Goose Pimple. Yeah. <laughs> you, and you mentioned <laughs> uh, Garfield. He was, and, and the sad part about that, 
he was the one that found her. Yep. Mm-hmm. And well, remember, he finds her long before she actually joins the Titans. Right. Because I think she's in the special issue about the Runaways. Right. Um, and she shows up in that, and then she disappears for a couple of issues, and then he finds her again. Oh no, I was referring to when in the in the in Titans Annual number three when she just goes berserk and brings all the Earth oh, around, right. and when and she had all of the Earth come on her on top of her and everything. It was Be- it was Beast Boy or Garfield who found her body. Oh, gotcha. I'm sorry. I was I was talking yeah. about the the origins of she's the oh, one yeah. who shows up and then. He chases her down and indoctrinates her into the... I think the thing that really disturbed me the most about that is we never really are told what her age is. Right. And then you see her smoking and it implies that she has slept with Terminator. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa, back up here. Is this kid 16 or is she like 23 looks 16? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's the former, then we got a problem. Tell me about it. <laughs> hmm I probably wouldn't, uh, wouldn't pass today. No, not by a long shot. Kind of really? surprised would have passed back then. I'm about to say, I don't know how passed back then but i think it was still comics code well here's the thing because they never tell you how old she is is. so so you that was that was the probably the one thing that saved them is because you're given the perception that she's a kid but but in truth reality she may not have been because remember in in the teen titans the only actual real teenager in there is gar garfield and I don't think he's that young. I think he's probably still around 17. He's about 17. 16 or 17. And I think Wally... Wally, Dick, Wally, Wally, was, Wally was college age. Yeah, but Dick and Wally were about 20. Donald was about 19. And I think Vic was was 19. Right. Yeah. Although, although now Vic's story does start with him as a high school track athlete. Right. But I think by the time this comes along, he is... He's about, he, about, well, I think even in origin, he's already a couple years out of high school. Right. So, so, so he was a, so he may have been the oldest one. Uh, um, he, he may have been about a year older than uh, Dick, than Dick Wally and uh, Donna. Right. So so that's that's my one of my big misses is I I really missed the epic storyline that because you know you would just see that to be continued in and the and the annual and you just. You couldn't wait till next month because right. you knew you was going to get this nice because you would get the nice big annual and then you'd also get the regular issue and you knew you had okay I got to read the annual first and then read this issue because this issue would be after the annual and you didn't want to read this issue knowing that something might get spoiled from the annual if you did that so right who's got something else so the thing that I think we need to have back. This is about time for an intercompany crossover. And I know that there's other ones that have been out there. I know Batman's recently been with like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. And that's all well and good. But it's time for the big two to come back together. DC and Marvel. Yeah. yeah. It's been, what, 16 years. It's time. The last one was uh, JLA Avengers, wasn't it? Right. Between 03 and 04. And it's beyond time. Oh, yeah. We need need something back. I hope they do something like that in the theater. Yeah, oh, there you go. Oh, that dude, would be great. I would so love that. I don't see that happening. But I would love to see. But it. That I would, would love to amazing. see it. But 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 ego and money. Well, yeah. I mean, I think DC needs a more. Oh, DC needs a lot more than yeah, than, than Marvel. Guys. Yeah, I mean, DC's starting to to write the ship. They've they've had you know three good movies in a row. You know, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam. You know, Shazam. Well, back, back up there, Pilgrim, because every everybody makes this mistake. Justice League was between Wonder Woman and Aquaman. <laughs> okay, so n- not quite in a row then. Right. Although I did like Justice League. I, I, there was there nothing a wrong I, with I, Justice I, League. And that's yeah. one of my points I'll bring up later. But yes, I did like Justice League. But it, I think it's time. We need we need, you know, either JLA Avengers or, you know, another Spider Man, Superman crossover, something. Oh, yeah. Something. Right, we exactly. need you know, it, it's time for the big two to get back together again. Well and, and I think Enos um 
it hits it right on the head. And it's not among the actual creators, oddly enough. It's among the heads of DC and Marvel. There's too much hatred going on between the two of them. And even though when DC left for California, Marvel was like, you know, the heartfelt goodbye, you know, we shared this city together. It's almost like the jilted lover type of thing. But I think the powers that be wouldn't let it happen. And I will tell you this. I think if it was going to happen and the two teams, the two companies say, hey, let's do a crossover, and, I, and I'm, I apologize if he's listening, although I seriously doubt he is, and I apologize to all the fans, I think Joe Casada would be more of the, of the stopper on that than Dan DiDito and Jim Lee. Oh, yeah. I, I, so. I, I have no argument there. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Casada because he was, he went from being a comics fan's comics fan, kind of like John Byrne. Mm-hmm. Right. To being like this stick in the mud that's like, dude, really? Well, you you say one thing, but he does something else because like when he gave the order to do that one more day and kill the I, I, I was just gonna say he's the guy who killed the Spider Man marriage. And, and, and I'm like, and, and what here's what makes this what what I'm still doesn't still don't understand about that. That was working. Yeah, it was absolutely working. It was work. It it was working. And they, and they just went and I mean they got Kesar and Shauna married. They even went as far as got T'Challa and Storm married. But you're going to sit up there and you finally got this guy who finally gets a little bit of happiness. And you're going to destroy that. Plus, you got a legion of fans who, who were with this. Right. Yeah, there was no. I, I don't think there was any reason whatsoever to break up Spider-Man and Mary Jane. Well, remember, too, Dan Slott, who wrote Spider-Man for a long time, he was one of the key writers during that whole arc um, and then was the main writer after that for years. Um, what did he put on it? Over a decade? He even said... We could have told all these stories with the married Spider-Man. It made no difference. No, it yeah. didn't. It didn't. If anything, if anything, it's it brings a degree of humanity to the story, and it makes it more relatable to me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you know, you were, we were talking about the movie universe and them crossing over, and and DC needed it more than Marvel as far as the movie. I think in the written world, I think Marvel would need this crossover more than DC. I I was gonna go there, but I'm glad you did it for me. Right now, yeah, in, in 2019, in my opinion, the stories are suffering at Marvel, and DC's nailing it. They're knocking it out. Yeah, of the Marvel park. could definitely benefit from a crossover with DC I, more I, so than DC could benefit with a crossover with Marvel. Right, and I'm not alone in that. I know everybody in this room thinks that, and there's a oh, lot yeah. of fans out there yeah. who are at the comic shop, and I'm hearing it on forums and and in the shop. They're saying, "I'm buying more DC than Marvel," and they get this look on their face like, well, "What happened?" <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. Most of my pull list is, you know, is DC. And, and, ha- and it has and, been for a while. And, and like you know, but and I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm I love every I love all of them. But like me, I found myself back in the '80s. It, it was tit for tat. It, it was an even amount because back during my junior and senior year of high school. Well, from, I'm sorry, my sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school. The stories. You had John Byrne, Walter Simonson, Mark Gruenwald. You had Doug Mensch, who was on Batman. Mm-hmm. You had um, Elliot Magan, who was on Superman. Super- you had Marv Wolfman, who oh, yeah. who who was Mad a mainstay. Oh yeah, Jim Apparel. Jim yeah. You had you name it. You had, and then I, I guess this is I can say this is what I missed. 
you could be, you, you just wasn't satisfied buying one company. You had to have a little bit of everything right. to satisfy your your comic book need because there was you 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 knew you had to need Marvel. You had to get a Spider Man. You had to get a Captain America. And what was so cool about it, you would always stumble upon that one good issue. Oh, that yeah. would get you started. I messed around, and I got and I stumbled on John Burns Captain America. I was done. Yeah, I had to get Captain America, and it was great because that was a time when you would ask when. Dude, did you read this month's Captain America? Or did you read this month's Spider Man? No, I don't read that book. And you'd be you would be searching the shelf, and you you need to read this, right? And then three months later, they would be telling, they'd be looking at you, going, "Damn you!" No, <laughs> because exactly. now they were getting that title. Now, they, see, when I was growing up, I was a Marvel zombie. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't I, get me wrong. I love Marvel. Complete Marvel zombie. Uh, well, I, didn't Marvel? Even, I didn't even wasn't even interested. I think it was Zero Hour. The storyline Zero Hour was probably the first. DC comics I read. Right. Mm. And that was what, 96? 94. 94? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. That was all Marvel up until then. The 1970s era belongs to Marvel. I mean, hands down, they redefined the comics industry. They they took stories and said, hey, we're going to tell epic stories. We're going to put real consequences out there and we're going to treat you like adults. We're not going to dumb down the stories because we know you guys can handle it. Right. But, Somewhere around the mid '80s, they just they started to slow descend, and then they just—you can almost hear the freaking brakes on the back of the car because they can't stop. Yeah, yeah. And and truthfully, back um, in the '80s, right, um, the big in '81, the X Men was still hot, coming off of the death of Phoenix storyline right. they yeah. carried with that. And um, Dave Cochran, Cochran was still doing the hard work, and there were some pretty good stores in there. But but the but uh, when Marvel graphic novel came out, the death of Captain Marvel, that was the talk oh, for yeah. the fall of '81. Like I don't believe they did this. See, I didn't read the book until I was a rising senior, and I actually picked it up three years after the fact. It was a sixth printing when I got when when I finally got yeah, my. Yeah, I hands think by the time it. I finally got it, it was thirty fourth print. Yeah. And, wow. and 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 I read this book, and you were like, "Wow, right? They did this, and like you, f- this was the first comic book that I ever read where I actually could feel what the characters were going through, and it was like because I was at a point where I was a senior in high school, had no idea what in the world I wanted to do. It was just like." And, you know, approaching the last year of school, there was a, a certain finality to it and what have you. And that, and I read that, and I was like, wow. Well, the thing that was really great about that, too, he doesn't die fighting a great menace. He's in a, a hospital bed. Yeah. And you're just like, damn. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a foe that's taking him out. It's everyday real. cancer. It's too mm-hmm. real. It's and, real. Yeah. And you I know, was a grown man when I read it for the first time. So. Yeah. Well, that I was—I won't say I was a grown man, but I mean that was in my junior, senior, high school years. Yeah. So I was, I was seventeen. I was what I... we are supposed to be called a formed adult by that point, yeah. according to psychology and right. what have nope. you. About twenty. And I picked it, and I picked that book up from really. my sister and brother-in-law lived in D.C. at the time, so they weren't anywhere from Silver Spring. I got it from Geppy's Comic World off Fenton Street. Love yeah. that place, man. I haven't been there in years, but but yeah, that's where I bought that. He was running the comic museum that just recently closed down, and I never got to make it. Tommy has been. Yeah, that's incredible. I posted a bunch of pictures on um, the- Yeah, you did. Yeah. 
Yeah, you a did. A lot of great pictures. And he had all the grills. And I mean, like, Action Comics number one, so close that you can put your face on the glass. Mm. And I was willing to just, you know, go ahead and camp out and live there for the rest right. of the mm. remainder. Just, you know, like, I'm just going to lay down here and I'm going to live underneath so, Action Comics you know, number one. You know, you reminded me of something that, that I had to bring up because you were talking about the whole death of Phoenix and what have mm. you. Um, and Tommy, you should know this because you just recently read this book and I, I got to find a copy at Awesome Con next weekend. The X-Men Teen Titans crossover, yes. which is really great. You know what's so amazing and, and kind of odd about that book? Hmm. That came out after Phoenix had died. Yeah. Yes, it did. Because it did because they, they bring her back in the book. Dark Side resurrects her resurrects spirit. Her in the that, spirit because in the that's one of the crushing moments is because Scott's like, no, don't do it, and then you just see that he's torn apart because Gene's back, but it's not his Gene. Right. Right. That was a great book. That's one I had been looking for for pretty much my entire life when I found it. It's, it's a great story. Comics. I, yep. I I miss my copy so. And again, artwork by the incomparable Walt Simonson. That's a fantastic yep. book. And the that, art and, was amazing. And, the story was amazing. And ironically, that was a perfect segue to him taking over Thor because he took over Thor the very next year. I sent a picture to Randy, and he sent one back almost immediately. If you're not buying that, get it for me. I was like, oh, no, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so you have one? He's got. I one. have one. I don't have one anymore. Teen Titans. I have the copy of the X Men Teen Titans. You want me to bring it next week for you? Please. Yes, I will. Yeah, that's a great book. I if I, 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 if I see it, it's yours. That's that's. Oh man, I love you. <laughs> I would name my firstborn after you, except you're gonna be waiting a long well, time. time. <laughs> does, does Tom King know that you're cheating on him? No. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Oh, I damn. knew it was coming. I knew it was. Coming. So you know what's gonna happen? I, I keep we he, he keeps making this joke about Tom King, and I and I keep saying that he doesn't know who we are. But I guarantee you, I'm gonna go to Austin Con, get my business card. Like, are you the guy's got the crush on me? And I'm just gonna go like mother. <laughs> and I'll be there. Be, yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh man, that's great. So all right. Um, Moments that we miss, that we wish would come back, or that we wish we'd stop doing. Um, I went, Enos went, Mad Men, do you have something? Who, uh, hasn't, who hasn't gone? I haven't gone. Uh, well, you know, I, uh, I guess I'm a little, I'm kind of in between, like, uh, Randy Enos and, uh, and Tom in age, because I remember it was, like, my senior year, like, like, I think it was junior or senior year, that's when the Infinity Gauntlet uh, story came out. And that that was a, like six agonizing months for me, you know. And I kind of missed that. I kind of missed that because you could sit down now and just read like all the comics on your digital device, right? But back then, you know, you seriously you had to wait a month. You get the one comic book, and you're like, "Damn, another thirty days till I get to what happens next." Just like Captain America punched Thanos in the face. What happens next? <laughs> you know, because it, it was both aggravating. Um, and so sweet at the same time. But it made you but it was yeah. so worth it. Because right, when you, that was you one would, of their better crosses. You would run to the, you would run to the Seven Eleven or the comic store, and you'd have it in your hand. And you're like, yes, I got it. And then it was also that thrill when you just happened to get the last copy, and a friend of yours was telling you, "I didn't find it." And you're like, "I got the last copy." I, I got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Infinity Gauntlet was fantastic. That's probably one by one of my favorite crossovers of all time. So, if not my favorite. Um, when we went to Flashback on Saturday, um, and I was talking about how I need to go and reread Infinity Gauntlet because I totally don't remember the story, and I had Infinity Gauntlet in my hand, and Troy was like, no, 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 no. You need to start with this ultimate Captain Marvel collection, and it starts, it's got Iron Man 55 with the first Thanos, or the Thanos appearance, the first Thanos, and then it has Captain Marvel, but starting at like issue 25 with the um, Starlin run. Is it Starlin? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in the back of it, it has the death of Captain Marvel. So he says, what you do is you read this book. 
don't read Death of Captain Marvel. You then turn around and read. <laughs> so he's actually laying out the course for me. So he goes, when you're done reading that, don't read Death of Captain Marvel. Then you come back and you read the Warlock thing to see where he gets all the gems. And then, so he laid out the entire plot line about you read this book, then you read that book, and you read that book. And I'm like, okay, so what I'm hearing is I'll buy this one. <laughs> when I'm done, I come in and just say, Troy, I need the next book. <laughs> Thanks. Bless you, sir. Thank you. Yes, yes indeed. But yeah, because that, that turned out, I stumbled upon that trade paperback. Um, there's an Avengers versus Thanos um, trade paperback that um that puts um together the Marvel up until the Marvel two and one where Adam Warlock was already dead and he comes out and his essence comes out of the Soul Stone right. and turns Thanos to stone that was freaking awesome. But I remember there's a great part I remember from Infinity Gauntlet. The only one I remember is they have Thanos distracted. He's got his hand up there. I need to use the right hand because it's actually the right hand in the comics, right. guys. Um, in the movie, it's the left. Right. He's actually got his hand up there, and they're thinking, this is it. And Silver Surfer comes speeding in. He's like, all I got to do is get the gauntlet off his hand, and it's over. And at that last possible moment, Thanos is like, what am I doing? And pulls yeah. his hand back. <laughs> yeah. And you see Silver, shoot, Silver Surfer shoot by him and look back over his shoulder like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, because remember, he, he yeah. um, removed his, you know. Connection to every stone but the power stone. Right. 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 Yeah, and he, and he is, you know, he's like, even if I do that, they still only have like a point one one zero 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 one four percent chance of beating <laughs> me. So, he, yeah, we'll do that. It then then when he saw Silver Surfer so going coming, by, what, like, he saw what they were planning. Right. It's like, he's yeah, like, oh, no. I'm not doing right. that. Let me give you that back. So did you bring Enos, did you bring this book in specifically to show to somebody or were they part I, I, of your discussion? I, I always always like to bring in things that, you know, are to me because like I was listening to the previous podcast last night and I remember we were talking about the funniest moments and uh who I Matt man, was it you that talked about in in uh identity crisis when uh a elongated man? Yeah. I went <laughs> You went to I, Look at that again. I looked at that and I was like, "Wow! I, how did I miss that?" Where his face is melting and he can't hold himself together. No, no, no. no, his nose was twitching and he was with Firehawk. Oh, right. And he said, "Um, there's a he said um, there's a mystery or what have you." And says, um, "What was it? Green Arrow said something." Oh, that, that he fakes it. No, <laughs> that, that he fakes he made that. it up. And like, yeah. and what was so great about that? Rags Morales. Just had two panels of him staring of him just going like, so you get the beat, yeah, and you then get the and, beat. yeah, and then it goes. Green Arrow has a ball spot. That's why he wears a hat. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> I mean, it was, and it was just like because you know he's the, he was basically he was comedy relief, but he I was expecting him to go, oh yeah well guess what but he just comes out. Yeah, he just yeah. wears. Green Arrow has a ball spot. That's why he wears that. That's hat. actually a great book too. Yeah. Um, I actually borrowed, lent it over here for uh, Mad Men to read. Yeah, show, uh, show the camera. Uh, yeah, show the camera. I don't have it, and I actually have the alternate. That, that, oh, that cameras camera. over here. I actually have the alternate <laughs> cover. Um, that's got uh, Mad Men. It's on the shelf there. Pull that one down. In fact, I think I'm just going to repossess that now since Mad or uh, PK is not going to read it. Enos, grab that. So that's a copy I have. I like that cover better. Yeah, I like. I love that cover. A little bit too, yeah, further out, bro. Your hand here. Is that up here? There you go. There you go. I got a little more of it there. The, uh, the, I love the part where they are going to the prison, and I forget who they're interviewing, um, 
and the guy's comment about Wonder Woman, and he goes, and he says, to his credit, he doesn't look at her breasts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, this is actually one of my favorites. I've read this thing probably three or four times. Um, guys out there, if you have not read Identity Crisis by Brad Metzer and Rags Morales, you really got to read this. It's a fantastic book. You know what's really great about this is everybody talks about The Watchmen and how great Watchmen is. And it is. Don't get me wrong. It's a fantastic book. But this shows you that there is a dark side in the DC universe with the heroes we know. Exactly. Um, and that's especially that one great scene when they go after Deathstroke and they all take him. They're trying to oh, yeah. capture him. And Superman shows up and they're having a conversation on the side. And, and they're like, quiet, you know, he's going to hear you. And they're like, he's Clark. He hears what he wants to hear. And you know right then and there that he's heard every word they said. Yep. So I tell you something. It show, that, it is this the one? Now, now you were talking about the fight with Deathstroke. Is this the one where he takes the sword swing at Ollie and cuts off his? Yeah, the, the, cuts all the tips off his off, arrows. Yeah. Off his yeah. arrows, and Ollie goes, "You missed." And he goes, "No, no I, I didn't." didn't. Took and, all the Fletcher. And, and it's great yeah. one where all he did, for Black Canary, all he does is he just jabs her in the solar plexus, and she throws up, and she's like, "Well, she's done." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that shows you how amazing he is. As a Have villain. you not read this? No. no, I've read it. Okay, I just but I didn't remember if that yeah, was it, that scene was from that book oh, or if yeah, it was from another one. Yeah, it's it's, it's great. That, that's whole, that's one of my most memorable. Uh, that whole fight moments. scene is great too. especially when that's a great fight scene. When Doctor Light's watching it, when Doctor Light's watching it, and he goes. I remember what you did to me, and you're all just like, "Oh shit!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now he's story. also holding up the Jack Kirby Mr. Miracle run. I brought that for you, man, because you do that uh, Mr. Miracle, uh... and I do it damn well. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have that. Yes, I bought it. I actually have all the original issues too. So I have one and all the original wow. run. Is that full color? Yeah, that's a full color reprint. You might, you probably will just hand that to Madman. He's going to want to read it. Could I borrow that? I was going to say he's got a big goofy grin on his face. I think he wants to read it. Thank you. Yes. So I actually have all the original issues, and I bought the trade paperback, and that way I could read them and not have to break open my... And then you got the 80 Years of Batman Detective Hardcover there. That's really nice, too. I haven't actually finished looking at mine because there's so much stuff in my read pile right now that my real books are sitting neglected, and I need to read more. That's oh. something I have to do when I go home tonight is read. I already told the wife I'm reading tonight. Cruise, your, your cruise is a great place for reading. I take a bag of comics with me. Yeah, I'm, I plan to take some with me too. So one of the things that I miss in the comic industry as we're just rambling here, which that's, that's what tonight's for, um, I miss when it was time to change the creative team on a book. Like they had run their course. And for three or four months before that, you got all these house ads coming in, whatever book, just to say, 275 or, or Fantastic Four 382, new creative team, such and such writer and such and such artist are taking over, and they ran the house ad for three months. And you know what? You didn't have to stop the book and start with a new number one just because you changed creative teams. That is annoying that you know what out of me. Yeah, I miss high numbers. And I do too. And yeah, I now. I want my Justice League to be at, like, what, 400. I don't know if that's yeah, the think, right number or not, but, you know, well, well, that's where well, I Well, think about be. it. Avengers, Fantastic Four, Justice League, they should be in the, in the 400s, 500s by now if they hadn't kept renumbering them. And it's all because they're changing the creative team. And it's all because the arc stopped and, well, if we want to get new readers, they respond to a number one. Uh, you I, know, I disagree. In my day, we didn't need that. Yeah. In my day... Get off my lawn! Get off my lawn! But I do, I do agree with you. I, I do want the, the higher numbers. I mean, having Justice League number one would be, you know, quite an accomplishment. Well, but it's an even bigger accomplishment if it's the only Justice League well, number one and it's like five hundred deep. Well, well, Mad Men's about to counter the point here. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is like, but if you go into <laughs> like any price guide, you know, and you're looking for, I'm looking for Superman. 
You know, and you go into the price guide and it's like Superman in Action Comics. You know, no, I want the Superman series. It's like, which which series? It's like first edition, third edition. And it's more of these you know, uh, different number ones start coming out. You have to look through like a whole bunch of other types of Superman titles to find the exact one you're looking for. And when you could just, if it was just Action Comics or Superman, then you could just go and it's like, oh, it's number 475. It's in this list. It's, it's kind of a pain in the ass for organization's sake, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's that's another reason. You know, I, I just want the one series. I've got like five different Avengers series in my long box. Well, here's, and it's difficult figuring out which one goes where. And 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 Tommy is bringing up a point that I was just going to make. I, I get what you're saying, Madman, but at the same time, if I'm trying to complete my Avengers run and I need issue 14, I may go to a show. Oh, look, Avengers 14, and I start reading it and going. What the hell? This is a totally different story because it's number 14 of volume three and I exactly. needed 14 of volume two. Right. At least if they hadn't kept starting everything, I would know that Avengers 472 is the only Avengers 472 I need. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, want, I want the higher numbers to come back. I don't think that'll ever happen. And I mean, Marvel Legacy does it with by having like number three and then whatever oh, the oh, they abandoned that already. Well, they no, they have the little ones underneath it where it says it has the legacy numbering under it. They, I, they, I'd they, have to go look. Yeah, they do show that on there. Well, because my Guardians of the Galaxy that I buy oh, shows, the, still doing shows it. it. So, it, so it shows it on there. It's just not the actual. Well, see, here's, number that it would and be. here's my problem with this with them doing a whole constant renumbering. And DC, you're guilty of this too. I'm not favoring Marvel on this. Yeah, one. we're looking at you too. Here's here's my problem with that. What you are basically saying to your audience is, we don't think you're intelligent enough to follow the storyline, so we need to reboot it at number one again for you. Or to know that it picks up from where the previous story left off. When we were reading comics, we knew that, okay, 400 and something is a new story arc. It picks up from there. So if I haven't been reading the book from that line, I know that I can just pick up on this issue and start going forward. And if I like the team or the book and I want to go back to read the ones, I can do that. Well, and I mean, you know, one of the things, too, is they, they would advertise, like you said, they would advertise the new creative team, and, and they would advertise it as a new starting on point. And, you know, they would put that in the book. And your, your comic book shop owners were, would be able to tell you that. So, you know, if you had a new person coming in and say, hey, where can I get started? It's like, oh, Justice League's great. They're getting ready to start a new storyline. It's a good place to jump on. Right, exactly. And, you know, a lot of times they would have, you, you could have, I like something, too, that, that a lot of books don't have these days is a recap of what's been going on in, uh, on the first page. And, you know, I, I did like when they when they would have that, you know, yeah. just to, to give you... Because, you know, some of us, at one point in time, I was spending, like, you know, 50, 60 bucks a week in comics. I mean, yeah, I, I, I forget well, which one I just read. A paragraph, a, a, you know, a nice little paragraph telling me what happened in the last issue was good. But actually, Marvel's still doing it. Because right now... Yeah, some now, of them do. I know, I know Guardians of the Galaxy does. Well, right now, with the Spider-Man Hunted, they're telling you what just went on before. Yeah. But, you know, pretty much all books used to do that at one point. And I, I mean, I, I like that. Right. That was something I th- I'd like to see them put back on that first page. I, I do miss that. Yeah, because it was nice to... It was a little bit refresher to read it and go, okay, yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah. All right. I know one of the things that Tommy wants to see gone, and I know he's chomping at the bit to get it out there again... We got to get rid of these variant <laughs> covers, people. They need to go. It You know, th- these these... 30 and 40 copies of one cover for one issue is just ridiculous. Why do we need this? Just why? Well, how many did Conan number one have? Oh, my God. That was like 50 or something like that. I was like, do we really need 50 copies of Conan number one? Uh, well, I, I get it when it's a, a monumental issue. Like, um, 
Action Comics 1000 or Detective 1000. I get when it's celebrating something that's been around for eons and, and, and everybody wants to get on the act and pay tribute to it. You know, I would, I would disagree with you on that with Action and Detective 1000. I would think that that book would actually mean more if there was only one, maybe two covers. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Right. But how many, of the detect- how many of Detective 1000 did you buy? One. Didn't you get two of the different eras? No, I got. I just got the Jim Steranko cover. That's okay. all I've got. I mean, I, there might be a time where later on where I get a new another one, but I just got the Jim Steranko. Okay. I learned my lesson on X Men number one. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we oh, all yeah. learned oh, our lesson. Who didn't X-Men. learn? <laughs> Print run of eight million. <laughs> I actually think I looked it up. I think it's, and I'm not kidding. In the thirteen, like in thirteen million or something crazy like that. Yeah. It's, but yeah, I mean, I would think that you know, like the the one thousand the uh, ones. I would actually think to me, it seems like they would be a bigger deal if there had only been one, maybe two covers. Well, plus, I mean, the honor of being the artist. Right. Who, I mean, to you know, to me, like you to said, do that's the cover a, for one thousand. Right. Yeah. Whoever gets to do the cover is the big deal because yeah, it's, that, it's, that's it's a almost, major milestone. Yeah. It's almost like we got to give every artist a shot at doing a cover, and so that's you know, right. It's covers. Like, I, you know, in a lot of ways, those extra ones were kind of you know almost. Participation trophies, and and yeah. you know what? Dare I, I say I will I will give you that point because I know that both both Action and Detective One Thousand, I got at least two of the covers because I really liked the cover. Um, but and that's a, fair. That's fair to do. That. But at the yeah, same time, they is. were ten dollars a pop. Yeah, and, and I had exactly. six other titles to get that week. Right. You well, know, I saw someone on one of the message boards and they asked him how many copies of were they asking how many copies of Detective One Thousand did you get? Someone put up there seventeen. Yeah, that's that means nuts. you spent at least a hundred and seventy dollars on one much. comic book, and you know some of these covers were more than ten dollars. You yes, know some yes. of the some of the store. Well, exclusive. the ones that the ones you and I right. couldn't get, like I really wanted the art germ one. That was a hundred bucks. Yeah, and, and well, that on was its like, own. That and was it. like the whole sign and CDC and whatever. I think yeah. the base cover for that just the art germ was like thirty dollars or whatever. And right like, on its own. And the Neil Adams cover is fifty bucks. Yeah. And one of the guy, one of the guys, one of my admins on the Batman Yesterday, Today, and Forever page, he got it, and it was like extra to get it signed. He got a surprise. Adam signed it. Mm. Oh my mm. god! And he got it for free. He only paid fifty bucks. There you go. And That's I said, it. "You so lucky." So, right. uh, well, on the flip side, there's someone who's supposed to have a signed Neil Adams Batman or Detective who doesn't right now. Right. Well, not, yeah. <laughs> right. But well, yeah, well. I mean, but with with, the, with the, all these variants, you you have some of these comics that are going for like obscene amounts of money. Some of these variants, like Amazing Spider-Man Seventh Series Book One Eight One One H One in Three Hundred Variant Five Hundred Dollars <sighs> for what? Right. For what? The book is rare for the sake of being rare. Different that's wrapping paper, it. right? It's just a different wrapping paper. That's all it is. It's rare for the sake of being rare. You know, to me, unless something major happens in a book, I ain't even going to consider spending that kind of money on no. it. Right. right. I need a major first appearance. I need a, like an iconic. I need a cover. major character death of someone who right. didn't come back for thirty years. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I need. I need like a first appearance of of Thanos. Right. You know, or you know. A, you know, an iconic cover. Give me one of those World War Two, you know, covers where Hitler's getting the crap beat out of him or something like that. You know, that <laughs> give me something like that. That that that's what I'm gonna spend want my wanna spend my money on. Personally, one ones that I kind of would like to start collecting are a lot of the um, the covers that made it into Seduction and Innocent. Like yes, the headlights and the bondage covers, like Phantom Lady Seventeen. Yeah, that is right up there with Patsy Walker ninety five for me. I must have a Phantom Lady Seventeen. Good luck. <laughs> that that's that's even rarer than uh, than Patsy Walker ninety five. And you're gonna pay a lot more for it than that. I know I would. Yeah, and I could see Randy right now buying it. 
But you know, so on don't the, tell my wife how much on I the spent. variant covers. One of the one of my pet peeves that they're doing, and this is just arcing me to no freaking end. They make these um, reprints of a big issue like Hulk 181, and then okay, fine, you did a reprint of Hulk 181 for a dollar or what have you. But now they're they're getting them signed. And they're sending them off to CGC and getting them graded. Uh, and what? people are, oh, yeah. yeah. And it's a thing. People are like, oh, I got the Hulk facsimile, you know, 181, you know, CGC 9.8. <laughs> it's a freaking reprint. Who cares? <laughs> You're laughing now. I'm dead. I I'm know. dead oh, serious. I know. That's why I think it's funny. But yeah, I, the, the, you know, I took a, a long break before going back to Awesome Con with you, probably about, you know, because I stopped right, reading right before I got married because I had to pay for my wedding, help pay for my wedding. And then I got back into going you know, to the cons with you to Awesome Con. So that was probably about a four or five year break bet- with me reading. And I was shocked how the autograph market just uh, blew blown up. Yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Of how, you know, much, how sought after autograph books were because it didn't seem like they were very sought after at all. And then all of a sudden it just seemed like everyone wanted to get every book they had autographed and sent off to CGC for the... And, and, I don't, I don't, I don't like, agree with the CGC thing. I, if I can't read it, it's not my comic book well, anymore. Well, here's the thing, though. I totally get behind the CGC if it's a book that I love, like my flashes, because I love flash. I have no problem getting a CGC flash, but I also buy them from a dealer who throws in a beat-to-hell reader copy. Okay. So that's like, oh, look, I had the 9.8, and I got the 2.0 reader. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, I think... Excellent. That works for me. I think if it's you know a, a, a true key issue... Right. Then, you know, I think it's fine to get it CGC or, or, you know, if it's one that you just, like you said, that you love and you want for display purposes to make sure it's not going right. to die on you. But like Power Girl number two, I actually had the open book, but I really love that cover. Yeah. And so I jumped on a number two, graded at like a 9.8 Alex Ross cover. I think I'm, yeah, it's coming home with me. But back to what I was saying, just before Stan Lee died, they put out like an Amazing Fantasy 15 facsimile and I think a Spider-Man number one facsimile. Yeah. And I swear to God, people got them signed by sent and sent them to CGC. And now these things are on eBay at 9896 going for $100. And it's like, no. okay, number one is a reprint. Number two, I'm sorry, guys. Stan's signature is not that rare anymore. Just yeah. go to any con and go to Stanley Collectible, and they've got like six tables of stuff that he signed. I bet between the four of us, we could fake his signature. Yeah. If we took some time. Yeah. You want, he want to try? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. I'll work on it. What, what can we sign it? Uh, uh, so, yeah, I agree with you, Tommy. Alternate covers to a point, because I will freely admit there's some that I buy them because I'm like, wow, that's a pretty cover. But in my defense, it's usually a book I'm already reading anyway. Right, and I, I have no problem with like it having like a, you know, like, you know two covers. You know, that, that's fine. You know, if you have, like, an A cover and a B cover, you know, whatever. I mean, that's fine. And because I'll admit, you know, with most of the stuff that I buy, usually I buy the B cover because it is a prettier cover. Usually. Not always, but on, usually on, it is. Well, in the current Catwoman series, yeah. well, I'm actually reading it and I'm liking it, but I will take the art drum cover every time. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like you said, usually the B cover is a prettier cover, and I will buy the prettier cover because, you know, it's you want to look at it. You know, it's, it, it's, it's there. But, you know, I, I'm like you. I don't go out of my way to buy stuff that I'm not reading. You know, just right. because it's a pretty cover and or anything like that. Enos, so. you got you got quiet suddenly. Uh, Are you a variant person? No, I'm not a variant. <laughs> person. Okay, I, I only get what I like. It's like um, with that Detective Comics I brought in one that one time with John Byrne. I bought it because I like John Byrne, and uh, he is somebody that we're missing. That's who I miss. Back when I was in high school, John Byrne had his hand in something going on during the summer. It's gonna either it was either him 
or George Perez that had something going on during the summer. They had something big that was coming, and you knew it was going to be great. You don't see these guys anymore. There was that, that, um, that and some some of these fans, man, they need to get a grip. <laughs> I mean, these fools will stand up and argue with you. And I'm talking about blood mad argue with you over stuff they know nothing about. And they're basing their knowledge because they watched the cartoon. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's, uh, people are going to be arguing over stuff that is canon, quote unquote canon. Right. Um, in the Marvel Universe based upon the Marvel movies. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think as comic book fans, I think it's our duty to set them straight. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if you get, you know, uh, yelled at or somebody... Well, as long as, you're, you know, as long as we're not being a jerk about it. Say, hey, look, oh, that's no, not... that's the whole point of doing yeah, it. Yeah, like, it takes the fun out of it, Tommy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't, no, you know what the hell you're talking about. No, no, because I... I'll, I'll, I'll just be, say, you know, that's based on the movies. That's not yeah. really how it went down. And I'm like... I. People ask me about Captain Marvel, I tell them this. If you don't know a thing about the comics, you're going to love it. If you know anything about the comics, you're going to hate it. See, here's the thing. Here we are, like a, a bunch of gener- a generation of guys who actually physically had to wait a month in between episodes of your favorite entertainment. Yeah. All right? Now these kids are just like, they're soaking it all in as fast as they can get it. And they just don't understand. You know, there's going to be a point in time where people could listen back to this podcast and they could say... They actually handled comic books. They actually had to wait to find out what happened next in the story. And you know, there's going to be a point in time when all of these, uh, uh, particularly like Silver Age, Bronze Age comic books, deteriorate to nothing. For as long as, as uh, that are printed on newsprint, mm-hmm. they're going to go away eventually. And we were here to experience it. That's right. Nope. So you know, look at look at it more positively, like that. Yeah, I have to say, as far as a comic book standpoint, we do live in the, probably the best time that oh, you yeah. could live in. Oh yeah, because we can still get access to those great gold and silver age stories and read them. Exactly, and I, still have the best of today too. I pitied the one, pitied the ones who are coming behind us because pitiful. Yeah, pitiful. This young lady, <laughs> I was telling her about Deathstroke, and she comes out her mouth. Well, where's his movie? Uh, uh, Oh, yeah. I said, I looked at her and I said, well, he's on Arrow now, but he's been around for 30 years. He, for some reason, these, these youngsters think these guys just showed up yesterday and they've been around for years. Yeah, they, they can't be that good if they're not in a movie, right? right? Oh, yeah, exactly. And I had one lady got mad at me because I told her, well, The Dark Knight Returns is basically an imaginary story because nothing happened. Has happened. Jason died. Right. He came back. Bruce Wayne never gave up Batman. He being Batman, he got another Robin. And Carrie and Carrie Kelly is virtually non-existent right. because she has yet to be introduced. Right. We have yet to see that character. Right. I mean, that was a story that takes place in the future that's never going to come. That's, that's never going to happen. Arguing for the fact that there was a girl Robin. No, just the fact that that um I I, th- I think it might have been part of that. Uh, but because of the fact, I think what ticked her off was the fact that I said, in all points, uh, for, for all intents and purposes, until she is introduced into the um, continuity. Story. Not like an Elseworlds kind of right, story. Right, exactly. Until she is introduced, she's virtually non-existent. But because they were trying to, trying to con me into thinking that 
it, the Dark Knight happened in the way it did. I'm telling him, no, it didn't. Bat- Bruce Wayne yeah. never gave up being Batman. He got another Robin. Jason is back. That's the one thing. Yeah. And 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 then you know and yet we've yet to see Kelly Harley Quinn was created strictly for a cartoon. I know. And and she was so popular, she became part of continuity. I saw I saw a girl dressed up in cosplay, a black girl dressed as Harley Quinn. And I was it's whew, it's the hottest Harley Quinn I've ever seen. Uh-huh. It was awesome. There's a ton of them. I don't know. It popped in my head looking at you, bro. Oh, what? well, thanks a lot. I'm, I'm, well, oh, it's, 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 just, it's just wonderful that I that that, that, that that bad man looks at me and thinks I, of beautiful black women. I, I know, right? <laughs> so, there you go. And I'll on be- that note, <laughs> we are going to go start segueing out. So make sure you listen to Madman's podcast, uh, Shock Monkey Radio, on Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock. Um, check Enos's other Facebook pages, um, Batman Yesterday, Today, and Forever, and the realm of superhero comics and pop culture. Check us out on lostinalongbox at gmail.com, on Twitter at lostinalongb1. Um, I know all of these things. I should start getting a freaking medal for these things. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> and until, oh, next week, next week, guys, um, and uh, Avengers Endgame is coming out on Thursday. So next week, we're actually going to do a little bit of the history of the Gauntlet and the Stones because it's pretty convoluted out there. So mm-hmm. we want to touch base on just because a lot of what's going on in the movie and what happened in the movies preceding that is wrong, 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 dead wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> crumble to dust, wrong, wrong. <laughs> so until next time, guys, uh, we'll be down here wondering. Well, why did you put the stones in a glove anyway? Wouldn't it be like a belt or a bracelet? (laughs) Or maybe an ascot. Right. Why, Madman? Because we are lost in the long box. Yes, we are. Good night, everybody. Good Good night, night, everyone. everyone.